What's going on, guys? My name is Leif Arneson, and you're listening to Episode 9 of the Vegan Gym Podcast. My brother and I are personal trainers and vegan bodybuilders who started this podcast as part of our mission to show the world that vegans are strong, healthy, compassionate badasses who are leading the charge against chronic disease, animal abuse, and climate change. We've had the opportunity to help thousands of vegans reach their fitness goals, but we're just getting started. Our goal is to help 1 million vegans to get into the best shape of their lives. So if you believe in challenging the status quo and showing the world just how badass veganism really is, then this podcast is for you. With that, I'd like to introduce my brother, my co-host for this podcast, Anders. How's it going, man? What's up, guys? I'm doing very well. I've had a fantastic week. Leif and I, week. Leif and I have been enjoying the uh, the weather, uh, going straight from winter to summer. <laughs> yeah, well, it's finally warm. I, I, I'll take the summer weather. Yeah, any day. And uh, yeah, to, uh, this week was good on many levels. Um, I definitely gained a lot of patience this week with finals and juggling work and just a lot of stuff that was thrown at at me and yeah i feel really good and let's dig into this podcast dude yeah sounds good um so in this episode we're going to be talking about plant protein and specifically talking about how much you need to build vegan muscle now this is a topic that we have um been asked about again and again we probably get asked this on a daily basis if not an hourly basis everyone wants to know how much protein do I need to build muscle? Um, and there are some other things that matter, like uh, what type of protein or, or the food sources that you're uh, getting your protein from um, and uh, kind of other stuff that matters in the muscle building process. So we're going to go into some detail on all of that in this episode, but I'm going to lay out all of our cards kind of right up front and um, and tell you that it is our belief that a high-protein diet is absolutely vital for building muscle and strength. Now, we're going to dive into the research later in the podcast, but um, we want to, uh, as I said, kind of lay out the cards and just tell you um, what to expect from this episode. Uh, So in terms of numbers, if you are working to build muscle, you should aim to eat at least 0.8 grams of high-quality plant protein per pound of body weight per day. Uh, That's equal to 1.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. Um, So that's kind of our our recommendation for uh, people who are trying to build as much muscle and strength as possible. In fact, Anders and I both eat a little bit more than that, and we'll go into some detail um, on our diet later in the podcast, but we just kind of want to lay that out there and let you know what to expect. Um, and we're also going to go through all the research in just a little bit, but, um, well, yeah, on top of the research, we have a ton of training combined and experience between us and all our clients. And we've proven that a high protein diet is key for building muscle. And we continue to build strength. Yeah. So, um, as he said, we've got about 20 years of combined training experience between the two of us. Pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, we're both in our (laughs) mid-20s. So, the fact that we have 20 years, 
it seems like it hasn't been that long, but it's it's been quite a bit. Uh, but more importantly, we have all of these studies that we pulled together that have um, that uh, lead to the credibility of our um, our protein assessment and and protein target. Um, and we've also worked with uh, dozens of uh, clients who are trying to build vegan muscle. So we've taken all of this information. Um, combined from these different sources, and that's what we advocate um, uh, hitting that 0.8 grams of high-quality plant protein per pound of body weight per day. So this isn't always really accepted so well by the vegan community in particular from from what I've seen. Um, well, especially from when we used to eat meat and we used to like follow Facebook pages like that and uh, all information about like building muscle on uh, meat, uh, animal products. You you see uh, everyone say the more protein the better. But at least for me, when I transitioned to vegan, it you don't see that at all. <laughs> in yeah, any of the forums, yeah. they're like, oh, protein d- bad for you. <laughs> yeah, if anything, it seems like tons of vegans are anti-protein, at least on some level. Like they understand that protein is a a vital macronutrient for your for your health, but they uh, seem to have some idea that a high protein diet is actually detrimental to your health, and that's simply not true. Um, and actually, just before we continue, one more uh, kind of point of reference that um, that I I've used to kind of establish the the need for a high protein diet is that when I first got started as a vegan. For about the first year I was vegan, I followed the um, the common 80-10-10 approach where I was eating about 80% of my calories from carbohydrates and about 10% from protein and 10% from fat. And I had a ton of trouble building muscle. Now, in hindsight, it wasn't just the protein that I was messing up. I, al- I also wasn't eating enough calories. Um, but and, I think and the- it was training too. Yeah, and my training wasn't exactly dialed in, but um, so it, the protein part wasn't the only aspect, and we're going to get into calories uh, in a little bit as well, and and why you need to uh, be in a caloric surplus to build muscle. But I think the protein part was a huge part of that, and I think vegans are commonly misled to think that you don't, you shouldn't eat a lot of protein. Protein is bad for you, and they tend to. I think people tend to do that in the vegan community because they associate protein with animal products. Yeah, that's yeah. and like and animal protein and um, and all the detrimental uh, kind of baggage that comes along with that animal protein. So um, while it is possible to build muscle on a on a relatively low protein intake, around 10% of your total calories. Uh, for instance, the 80-10-10 approach that I tried for my first year as a vegan. Um, a ton of sports nutrition research proves that you are fighting an uphill battle. So even if you can uh, build muscle on uh, eating about 10% of your total calories from protein, um the research indicates and our personal experience indicates and tons of other anecdotal evidence from other athletes, bodybuilders, um, and power lifters indicates that you're going to do better on a higher protein diet. 
Um, now you don't need to eat tons and tons of protein. So we're going to get into some more hard science in just a little bit, but it is important to maintain a higher protein intake and 10%, um, of your total calories coming from protein is, um, most likely not optimal. Um, and like I said, we've gotten a lot of pushback on this from the vegan community in particular. Uh, in fact, there was once a vegan who told me that I can get all of my protein that I need from bananas and that I just shouldn't worry about my protein intake because I can just eat fruit and stuff like that. Which, the, and, I, I mean, he's not wrong. You could potentially get all the protein that you need. But, dude, you're like, what, 183, and each banana has about a gram of protein? Yeah, it would, it would, <laughs> so, yes. It would we're be a talking lot of like bananas. 183 bananas a day. It would be a lot of bananas, and it's not even, um, uh, the other really important thing that we're going to get into in just a little bit is the amino acid profile of the foods that you're eating. Not all foods have uh, kind of a, a, an optimal amino acid profile for building muscle. And that's where the myth of protein combining comes in. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, it is a myth. You don't need to necessarily combine different foods to get a quote-unquote whole source of protein. But um, it is important to uh, kind of hit um, hit uh, certain levels of, of your different amino acids, particularly leucine, which is um, kind of the key driver uh, for muscle growth. So yes, you can get all of your protein from fruits and vegetables. All fruits and vegetables have protein, even bananas, but I have yet to see anyone with impressive uh, banana gains. Like that's, I do know that there are raw vegan bodybuilders. I have seen impressive physiques uh, from raw vegan bodybuilders. I'm not saying that it's not possible. I'm just saying that um, that it's more likely than not uh, a, a difficult and you're going to be kind of um, fighting an uphill battle there. And, and yes. And if that's you and listening, DM us. We want, we want to talk to you. Yeah. Well, we're not we're not hating at all. Yeah, like, we're not hating at all. It's if that's what you're doing. Awesome. Um, and I do know that it it works for some people. But uh, all we're trying to say here is that it's. Research doesn't indicate that that is optimal. So uh, we're going to go into in, into the research now. But um, right before we do, I'd like to cover just a little bit more about high-protein diets and how they're uh, supposedly bad for you. They're bad for your kidneys. And I kind of just want to put that all those uh, concerns to rest right out of the gate before we start talking about the protein research. So... Isn't a high-protein diet bad for you? Well, no. A high-protein diet isn't bad for you. It's not bad for your kidneys. Um, and like I said before, most vegans, in my opinion, tend to associate a high-protein intake uh, with poor health because they know that eating lots of animal protein is bad for you. So uh, it must be the protein that's bad for you. Um, but it's not the protein itself that's, uh, that's bad for you. It's the, um, it's all the stuff that's coming along with that protein. So you have to ask yourself, 
Um, what am I eating along with this protein? Uh, if you're eating animal protein, you've got cholesterol, saturated fat, drug residues, added hormones, uh, salmonella, E. coli, and other pathogens. All of those harm you and cause inflammation in your body. Uh, they also uh, cause disease. They cause heart disease, cancers, and that's all the bad stuff in uh, that's kind of... Um, packaged along with animal protein. So uh, plant protein doesn't have those things. And so we can't really uh, put them in the same group and say, well, protein in general is bad for you. Um, And then lots of people also think that protein is bad for your kidneys. And that's been disproven numerous times uh, in the scientific literature. Uh, The high-protein myth is actually really similar to the argument uh, that because diabetics need to monitor and regulate their sugar intake, then uh, sugar must play a central causative role in the development of diabetes. Uh, That is not true. So we're kind of – we're not really uh, looking at the uh, the question correctly. Um, And when we're talking about – protein being bad for your kidneys, most people um, tend to cite studies that were uh, conducted on uh, people who actually already had um, a deteriorated kidney function, like they had some kind of kidney failure or um, some other kind of uh, renal disease. So um, we've got a few studies here that we'd like to cover just to add some credibility to these statements. Um, there is so there's lots of um, lots of proof that increased protein intake has been associated with the progression of kidney disease. But what does the research actually show for people with healthy kidneys? Um, and for the first study, uh, we've got a study here that was conducted by the University of Brussels. And they investigated bodybuilders and other well-trained strength athletes with above-average protein intake uh, that was actually up to 2.8 grams per kilogram of body weight per day. Um, And after seven days in this study, uh, after seven days, the researchers, excuse me, the researchers conducted dietary analysis and blood work, and they found no evidence of kidney distress. Now... I know people are going to say, oh, that was only seven days, <laughs> but it gets better. So the the next study, the University of Ulm investigated chronic protein intake on kidney function in 88 healthy volunteers, uh, and including vegetarians and bodybuilders with uh, protein intakes as high as 2.6 grams per kilogram of body weight per day, which is just about the same as the last study. And instead of seven days, this one is four months, and there were no signs of negative changes in kidney function. Yeah. So we're we're jumping from seven days to four months and still not seeing any negative results. Yeah. Well, you can can see uh, kidney distress within a week period, but uh, even after four months on a very high-protein diet, um, there were no signs of negative uh, changes in kidney function. And there was another study that was conducted in 2003. It was a nurse's health study uh, conducted by Harvard Medical School. And they found the same thing to be true. 
after analyzing the protein intake of 1,624 women over the course of several years, researchers found no association between high protein intake and a decline in kidney function uh, in females with normal kidney function. Now, that is key. As I said uh, just a few minutes ago, um, protein uh, intake does distress uh, the kidneys of um, uh, people that already have kidney disease or uh, uh, deteriorated kidney function. But in individuals with normal kidney function, uh, high-protein diet does not have any effect on, on your kidneys. Yeah, I would say those uh, three studies just crushed that myth. <laughs> yeah, and there's one more actually. In 2007, the World Health Organization agreed that there is, quote, clear evidence that high intakes of protein by patients with renal disease contribute to the deterioration of kidney function, end quote. So they're acknowledging that uh, uh, p- patients with renal disease uh, with kidney disease actually um, do not do well on a high protein intake. Uh, but they also said, but they also noted that there is, quote, no foundation to the myth that high protein intake affects people with normal kidneys. So there are three, there are four studies that, um, that we've got here that prove uh, that it's, it's not an issue. Uh, your kidneys are not going to um, uh, be damaged by a high-protein diet. Uh, so here's the bottom line. If you have healthy, fully functioning kidneys, and that is key, fully functioning kidneys that are healthy, uh, then consuming a high-protein diet in the range of 0.8 to 1.1 grams per pound of body weight or 1.8 to 2.4 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day is not harmful. So lots of people think that, um, that you don't need lots of protein and, and you don't um, if you're just uh, – if you're a sedentary individual and you're not really trying to build muscle or um, perform to uh, your peak potential in any athletic endeavor. But if you want to build as much muscle and strength as possible, then you're going to do better on a high-protein diet, and that doesn't – that's not harmful to your body, and it's not harmful to your kidneys in particular. Um, so, uh, as as these studies uh, have shown, um, you can eat uh, a gram of protein per pound of body weight, or two point two grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day, and that's and, and not be affected. and that's not harmful. <laughs> You're not going to be affected. So, how much protein do you actually need to build vegan muscle? Well. Um, according to the U.S. and Canadian dietary reference intakes, the recommended daily allowance for protein is 0.36 grams per pound of body weight per day. Uh, that's um, 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight per day for healthy adults. And uh, they call this the, quote, average daily intake level that is sufficient to meet the nutrient requirement for nearly all healthy adults. Which, in other words just so your body can survive. <laughs> exactly. This is for survival. So this is for that sedentary individual that sits on the couch and yeah. does no physical activity. <laughs> exactly. It's not for building muscle. Um, so 
most people just think that you use protein for building muscle and that's not true. Your body uses protein for um, a variety of other functions, not just building muscle, um, but it is a central uh, structural component um, uh, for your body. And it's, it's required even for people who are sedentary. So uh, that's why you should eat the uh, about 0.4 grams per pound of body weight per day, or at least healthy adults should be aiming for that, which is not a lot at all. (laughs) It's not a lot at all. And that's a bare minimum. But as long as you're eating a calorically sufficient diet, meaning you're eating enough calories, um, on a vegan diet, this recommendation is extremely, extremely easy to meet and would be a lot easier to hit while eating those bananas. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You could actually do it on banana, on a banana diet. (laughs) I would enjoy doing that. (laughs) 180. That's pushing it though. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 0.4 grams per pound of body weight. I probably do that like by lunchtime, like <laughs> before I even start eating lunch. It's like my, my breakfast and my snack. Exactly. <laughs> so guys, it's not difficult to hit, hit that target. Um, but as we've, uh, touched on earlier, many decades of research and anecdotal evidence proves that athletes, particularly those who lift heavy weights regularly need more protein than the average person. Uh, This is pretty obvious. Most people know this. Uh, Probably everyone knows this. Um, But it's it's a really important distinction, especially if you're spending tons of time trying to build muscle um, and you're killing yourself in the gym to try to uh, build muscle, build strength or or get shredded. So for building muscle specifically, here's our recommendation. We already covered it earlier, but If your main fitness goal is to gain muscle and strength, then we recommend that you consume at least 0.8 grams of plant protein per pound of body weight per day. And for us, we're we're a lot higher than that. Well, not a lot, but we're close to one gram per pound of body weight just because we do not want to ruin any of the potential muscle building that we exactly could, could so, be having yeah so. so we tend to aim for about a, a gram of protein per pound of body weight per day and if you think that's high awesome like don't eat that much then <laughs> yeah. like we're gonna keep doing it and because and don't try to troll us say that we're wrong <laughs> it it works for us if it doesn't work for you then just don't eat that much uh, there was actually an Instagram post by uh, David Carter, uh, who's known as the 300-pound vegan, um, and he's an ex, uh, a, an ex-professional NFL linebacker. So he probably knows nothing about protein intake. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> and uh, that's a joke, just, guys. Just to let you know, <laughs> just that, like, um, I think it was like two weeks ago, he posted on his Instagram a photo of. Uh, him eating like broccoli or something. And he said, I aim for 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight per day just to, uh, to, to, because I've found that to be best for building muscle and strength. So 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight, if he is in fact the 300 pound vegan, comes to 360 grams of protein per day. And if you think that's a lot, Great. It might be a lot that for you. A, that would be a lot for us. It might be a lot for you, but guess what? He's an ex-professional athlete, so he probably knows a thing or two about how much protein he should be eating to build muscle. He knows what works for him. We know what works for us. So it's not helpful to 
ever tell someone that they're getting too much protein. Yeah, like, it's, it's pretty funny. Like a lot of the uh, athletes, vegan athletes or just regular athletes, <laughs> that they're the ones that are getting like all the hate saying that they're doing things wrong. Yeah. But they're the but they're the professionals. Exactly. <laughs> like they, they that's what they're a, known for. Exactly. And there was a bunch of hate on that Instagram post. Like people yeah. were like, yeah. Oh, too, too much protein, David. Like and, don't eat so much protein. And like and someone it, else, like Nimai Delgado, I see so much hate on his post. Yeah. And it's, it's unreal. It's, it, yeah. It's ridiculous. So like, and I always want to say to those guys who comment on these posts, like whether it's our post or it's someone like Nimai or David Carter, I would just be like, dude, why don't you post a picture of your current physique and we'll see how you stack up against the guy you're trolling right now. And it's just like, it's just... It's- that, that actually happened to us, well, at least me, pretty recently. Uh, first time that it's it's happened to me when I posted saying well, you have to have a high protein intake. And uh, he commented saying that, no, you don't need to. You just need a whole food plant-based diet which yes i know that's healthy for you but i just eat a little bit more protein that's i mean i base my diet around that yeah and i eat more protein and just for just for uh goofing off i i looked up his profile and like you said it's just it's like come on dude why are you telling me what to do when you don't look anything like me <laughs> yeah so i mean just um uh, you do the bottom line is you do what works for you. If you want to listen to us and take our advice, awesome. Um, if you're struggling to build muscle, I really encourage you try our advice and see what works for you. Um, and you can make adjustments as necessary, but maybe start with what we're suggesting and, and work from there. But if um, if you're like, wow, that's way too much protein, then don't eat that much protein. Uh, stick with 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight per day, or even eat less. Um, uh, just do what works for you. Yeah, this so, is just a recommendation. We can't stress that enough. Yeah, uh, it's like we have we have research backing us up, but we're not saying you have to be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the bottom line is when you're working your ass off in the gym to build muscle, uh, like we go in there and we bust ass for like an hour to an hour and fifteen minutes, sometimes upwards of an hour and thirty minutes, depending on the workout. But if you're going in there and you're putting everything you have into your workout, you don't want to just uh, cut yourself short in in protein intake. Yeah, it's kind of like a wasted workout if you if you don't get enough protein. Yeah, you don't want that to be the limiting factor. Like you and on, want on top of that, we go at like five thirty a.m. It's like yeah. okay, I'm losing sleep to do this, but then I'm also losing muscle gains because I'm not eating enough protein. It's like yeah, okay, you want your workout, <laughs> you want your workout to be the limiting factor. Yeah, like you 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 go in there and you do whatever you can to uh, achieve your fitness goals, but you want nothing else to be holding you back. Exactly. So I don't want my diet to be holding my back holding me back. And I found that a higher protein diet works for me and it works for honors and it works for, um, our clients. It works for, uh, most athletes and bodybuilders that we've spoken to. And And it shows in, in our, in our lifting numbers too. Like we've just been steadily increasing for the past few years. And it's same with our clients there. They, their, uh, their strength goes through the roof because they haven't, been doing a high protein uh diet and it's just 
Well, it's also training. It's also calories. There are a bunch of other factors. So it's not just protein. Uh, I know you know that, but I just want to make that distinction. Right, right. Um, so It definitely helps. So the bottom line is this is what we do. We're about to jump into the research and get into the nitty-gritty stuff. But this is what we do. If you don't want to eat this much protein, then that's obviously perfectly fine. Do what works best for you. So with that being said, let's get into the research. So um, uh, we'll start by talking about some of the uh, protein studies. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll start with this one. Um, a study from the Exercise Nutrition Laboratory at the University of Western Ontario uh, confirmed that regular exercise increases the daily protein requirement by as much as 100% versus the recommendations for sedentary individuals. Uh, so given that the recommended daily allowance for protein is that 0.36 grams per pound of body weight number that we uh, referenced earlier, uh, the researchers suggest that, um, that people consume somewhere between 0.73 to 0.82 grams of protein per pound of body weight per day. Uh, that's 1.6 to 1.8 grams per kilogram of body weight per day. So that's kind of, um, that's, that's seen as like, uh, kind of an optimal, uh, uh, protein intake. Um, and yeah, we eat a little bit more than that, but that's, this is kind of the, uh, 0.8 grams per pound of body weight per day number that, uh, we, uh, kind of kickstarted the podcast with. So, um, Another study by the Exercise Metabolism Research Group at McMaster University found that protein intakes in the range of 0.6 to 0.82 grams of protein per pound of body weight per day, which is 1.3 to 1.8 grams uh, of protein per kilogram of body weight per day, consumed in three to four equal amounts every day, will actually maximize muscle protein synthesis. Um, and a, yet another study from McMaster University uh, from their medical center concluded that athletes working to maximize bulk and strength while resistance training should consume foods with a high biological value. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a minute. A high biological value with a maximum protein requirement of approximately 1.7 grams per kilogram of body weight per day, which is 0.77 grams of protein per pound of body weight per day. So if you're like, whoa, that was a bunch of information just thrown at yeah, me in my ears. Yeah, we just want to get out there. It's, <laughs> um, we don't need to... All these studies that uh, Leif and I are stating, uh, they're going to be on the notes. And yeah. they're on our website. And we we have them posted in many other yeah. places. But yeah, it's they're a little weird there. to do this on a podcast because it's it's pretty dry and boring, but... Just want to fly through a few of those studies to just kind of uh, show you that we're not just pulling this out of uh, thin air. Um, but that's kind of that's the basis for the 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight per day number that we uh, kind of uh, started the podcast with. So as things stand right now in the scientific literature, if you are serious about gaining muscle and strength and you want to be safe in terms of consuming enough protein to promote that muscle growth, then you should aim for about 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight per day or 1.8 grams per kilogram of body weight per day. Now, this kind of, um, uh, there is, 
the the target, the protein target, is obviously an important consideration. But there is another, um, I would argue, equally important consideration when it comes to protein. Um, and that comes back to the idea of the high biological value or... Um, it's also known as digestibility. What's the protein digestibility? Uh, and this gets into the whole idea of protein completeness. And, um, people seem to always ask, is plant protein complete? Like, do I have to, um, do, uh, what's known as protein combining, uh, to get all of, um, all of the amino acids that I need, uh, from plants, and the answer is no. Uh, that's a myth, and the faulty research that spawned it back in the 1970s was thoroughly debunked by MIT many years ago. Uh, but for some reason, it still lingers, and um, and it's simply not true. All protein that's found in plant foods is complete. Wow, this this sounds exactly like the uh, whole soy myth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just a bunch of myths that were spread in the like late '90s or late 1900s that um, uh, that weren't really uh, helpful to the vegan movement. But they have since been debunked, and uh, they're not concerned. So, uh, no, soy is not bad for you. In uh, at least as long as you're not eating tons and tons of it. And no, uh, all plant protein is complete, so you don't have to worry about protein combining. What is true, however, is that some forms of vegetable proteins are lower in certain amino acids than others, which makes certain sources of plant protein better than others. So this gets into the whole idea of protein quality. And um, high-quality versus low-quality proteins are terms that are generally used to distinguish the relative proportions of the different essential amino acids that are found in certain foods. And uh, the more closely that the, uh, the proportions of um, uh, a particular food's amino acid profile matches our own proteins, then the higher its uh, so-called quality. Um, now, many plant sources of uh, um, many plant sources of protein, such as fruits and vegetables, uh, even beans and, and tubers, uh, actually tend to exhibit relatively modest protein quality. So, the protein. Um, well, let me s- say this before I jump into that. Uh, so, those are kind of like on the lower side of. Um, uh, the protein digestibility scale. They're kind of like lower quality proteins. I'm not saying that they're bad foods for you. In fact, fruits and vegetables are the healthiest foods. Uh, we all know that. But um, when it comes to protein quality, they aren't necessarily um, uh, the best. So um, when we're looking at higher quality protein sources uh, in the plant kingdom, we're looking at sources such as uh, soy protein isolate, uh, even soy foods in general, uh, then pea protein concentrate, uh, wheat gluten such as seitan, uh, lentils, uh, as I said, uh, soy products, so things like tofu and, and even soy milk, stuff like that. So those are generally uh, higher sources of protein uh, in, in terms of quality. So 
what we're getting into is that uh, not all plant protein is equal. Um, and we could go into a lot more detail about the actual science behind protein quality. Uh, there are different measures that scientists actually use to measure protein quality, but it's super boring and we don't want to put you guys through that uh, in this podcast. So <laughs> we're just going to kind of brush over that uh, right now. But the main point here is that not all plant protein is equal. So um, the protein, we're kind of on a banana uh, streak this this podcast. So I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. talk about bananas. the The protein in bananas is not the same as the protein from pea uh, from a pea protein shake. So they have different amino acid profiles. So ten grams of protein from bananas is not equal to ten grams of protein from uh, pea protein concentrate. Um, and that holds true for. Uh, most fruits and vegetables and uh, even a lot of beans, tubers, and, um, and some other uh, foods that are lower in, in their protein quality. Yeah, let me, now, let me jump in here real quick. Yeah, go for um, it. For those of you that are vegan and wanting to get into bodybuilding and, or powerlifting or any serious uh, sport, that's, we're not saying to not eat those uh, low-quality proteins. No, of uh, course not. Uh, we're saying what's the best uh, for uh, protein quality. Yeah. So well, combined, it's just you want a well-rounded food. <laughs> yeah, and I don't I, – I think pr- low-quality isn't even a good term. Yeah, it's not. Because, it's, because it's – we're just looking at um, at uh, the amino acid profile of these foods, and um, the more closely that the relative proportions of the amino acids from these foods matches our the proportions uh, in our own proteins within our body, um, that that kind of denotes protein quality, as I mentioned before. So it's not that these are low quality foods by any stretch of the of that term. Um, Fruits and vegetables, as I've acknowledged just a minute ago, are the healthiest foods. You should be eating those in high quantities, but um, you shouldn't structure your entire diet around fruits and vegetables if you want to build as much muscle as possible. So that's why we advocate for things like um, uh, eating plenty of lentils, eating tofu, uh, eating seitan, which is just wheat gluten. Um, and we also do a lot of pea protein shakes. So, um, I, and we're cutting right now. So we tend to even have a little bit more, uh, protein, uh, powder in our diets. Now, if you don't want protein powder in your diet, that's totally fine. You don't need to, uh, eat protein powder, but we found it to be useful. Um, and it tastes good (laughs) and it tastes really good. Uh, but it's, I acknowledge it's not the healthiest food for you. Like if you want the healthiest food, like go eat kale. But, um, we just, uh, happen to eat tons of kale and eat plant protein shake. So yeah. like it's, it is kind of about balance here. You don't want to just be eating tofu and pea protein shakes. Yeah. I, I just wanted to put that out there because I'm sure someone would take it that way. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to confuse you guys. Yeah. So we eat tons of fruits and vegetables, but we also eat tons of high-quality plant protein like lentils, tofu, seitan, uh, pea protein shakes, other soy foods. Um, I, I couldn't even imagine just eating wheat gluten all day. <laughs> 
so bloated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we kind of have recently gone into a bit of a seitan kick uh, and just eating tons of yeah, like, well, vital wheat gluten. So we we stumbled upon a, a recipe that utilizes wheat gluten. It's a type of bread. And we made it into our own. And so let's just say that I was able to make really banging uh, wheat gluten French toast. Dude, this was no joke. This and, is like, and we're talking about macros that are out, possibly better than some of the proteins that shakes that we have. <laughs> yeah, it is ridiculous, and uh, it tastes absolutely amazing. Is it the best for you? Most certainly not. No. But if you have a sweet craving, boom, that's perfect. And yeah. uh, I will be posting that sometime in the near future uh, once I, felt I per- like, perfect it. Yeah, when I was eating that, I felt like I was totally cheating on my diet. Oh, I felt like I, I felt was like doing I was a refeed. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like I was totally... It was, it was super sweet, delicious, a little bit chewy, but hey, it's freaking French toast. You can't go wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, French toast on a cut is... Uh, that's a luxury. I think that would be amazing with a little bit of nice cream on the side. Whew. Oh, yeah. Okay, and we need to stop talking about food. I'm getting hungry. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's all about uh, balance. You want to make sure that you have high-quality proteins, but also make sure that you're getting those fruits and vegetables in as well. Exactly. So So that's the bottom line. Uh, We've covered our protein targets. We've covered the research. Um, And that's kind of about it for protein. I hope that was helpful for you guys. Uh, there is another really important aspect of muscle growth, and we're going to get into that right now. Yeah, all three of these are pretty equal in importance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, so when you say all three, you're talking about uh, protein amount, protein quality, and then and then the uh, caloric surplus, and then a caloric surplus. Okay, which so those are I, the three you're I, talking about. I, yeah. I, okay. Which I cannot wait to do again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, being in a caloric deficit gets old real fast. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind it. Uh, it's just like going to bed hungry kind of pisses me off sometimes. But other than that, it's great. I love getting shredded. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can also structure your eating schedule throughout the day so you don't go to bed hungry. <laughs> you can, but you just you just pick out in the, in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Well, but today, I yeah, I did. Yeah, but anyway. A caloric surplus is necessary for building muscle and strength. And, uh, yeah, you want to start on that, man? Yeah, so your body, we're going to put this in really simple terms uh, because we're done talking about science for this podcast. I think we already did enough of that. So Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, your body isn't going to waste time building muscle unless it has an excess of calories at its disposal. So actually, the majority of your calorie uh, expenditure, the majority of the calories that you take in are expended um, through two avenues. Uh, You have your basal metabolic rate, which is uh, more commonly known as your body's metabolism, and you have your activity burn, which which are all the calories that you burn through activity. So your basal metabolic rate is all of the energy that your body needs to function normally. Uh, you know, things like uh, having your making your heart beat and your lungs uh, expand and your brain actually work. 
um, and your other organs work, uh, you know, like important stuff like that. Um, and then you have your activity burn, which is, uh, which are all the calories that you burn through exercise. Uh, so whether it's weight training or running, uh, even like walking or sitting, uh, even talking like, uh, podcasting, whatever you're doing. Well, even, even simple things like cleaning the house, that type of deal. That's yeah. Activities. Exactly. (laughs) So you could actually break all of these activities down into exercise activities and non-exercise activities. So exercise activities like uh, running and weight training, and then the non-exercise activities like like (laughs) cleaning or sitting or uh, talking, um, stuff like that. But that's really not important uh, for this discussion. So, well, let, let me touch on that. I'm, I'm, I said clean for both of those just because we have a, an app that demonstrates uh, movements. So you get like a small little video clip of some animation of uh, the movement. And there's one called housework and it's a person just wiping the entire time. So that's why I brought it up because I, I saw it earlier today and I was cracking up about it. <laughs> So you added that to your No, your I didn't. I, just, I was just I, I was curious and I looked it up and it was a thing. Just like there was there was one that you found like a month ago. I forget what it was. But it yeah, was just I forget like, what it was, but it was ridiculous. It was like really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I just had to put that out there. Well what it was a little random. Whatever you can do to uh, burn off the French toast, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not if it's macro friendly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So those are the two general groups that you have. You have the um, the uh, your metabolism and then your activity burn. So uh, your body is going to prioritize uh, your metabolism and your activity burn because those energy requirements are necessary for survival. And your body highly values survival. So it's not going to take Uh, calories that would otherwise be used for your brain and divert them to build your biceps up. (laughs) So so it's, it's, uh, your body doesn't think that way. Even if you're like all about the gym and stuff, you can't rewire your, your, um, uh, your, your basic, uh, uh, body functions. So your body is not going to prioritize muscle growth until all of your other energy needs are met. So, therefore, you need to give your body an abundance of calories so it feels comfortable setting aside some of those excess calories from the muscle building process. And this doesn't mean that you freaking double the amount that you eat in a day. Right. That's, that's going to get you fat. Right. <laughs> people, some people um, do the what's known as like a dirty bulk, which just means that you basically eat everything in sight to try I, to maintain a caloric surplus and build as much uh, quote unquote muscle, muscle as but possible, it's, but it's actually fluff. <laughs> yeah, but then when you shred, and also fat. <laughs> yeah, when you go to shred the next time, you realize that you just lose all of that weight again. <laughs> yeah, and then you lose all your strength too. <laughs> yeah, well, that tends to happen on a on a cut. But um, and I lived it. You don't want to be doing that. You feel absolutely terrible. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you've done it. Have you? Not Jerry, really. Um, I've gotten pretty chunky before. And well, not as chunky as I have, not, and, as, and not quite I, as bad as you, but I got pretty bad at one point. Yeah, I like I was in the freaking Marines and I was having trouble running three miles. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, if that puts that into perspective, it's I was not in very good cardio shape no. at all, but yeah, it's 
I think so, you'd still have trouble running three miles though, wouldn't you? No, I <laughs> when think was I, the last I, time you did that. <laughs> well, the last the last time I went running was when we went did that super sparring last year. Honestly, I think that was the last time yeah, <laughs> we went running. That, That's and, so bad. Yeah, guys. So we didn't train for this super sparring that we did last year, and it was like what eight point two miles. Something like that. Yeah. Well, that's that's and not that much. It's it's not, but it it did kick our butts. The, though, the course the course was pretty ridiculous because we went up and down a ski slope three times. Yeah, like was, literally from the bottom <laughs> of the ski slope to and then portions you're carrying pretty like much the top thirty to fifty pounds with yeah. you in the entire time. That was actually the first time that I've ever had my my quads just cramp up and I couldn't move i've never had that before it was really weird but if you mustard, had run that marathon with me a while ago <laughs> you would have felt that too <laughs> no i, I, I literally I, uh when i um did my first marathon the one that i didn't train for i was literally um my quad cramped up so bad that i could not bend my leg yeah it was that's like, how i felt on this like race literally i couldn't imagine what a marathon would do to I, me i literally had like a peg leg <laughs> i was just like hobbling along and that's about the time that the ambulance pulled up behind me is like, yo, dude, <laughs> like, are you going to die? Anyway, um, we're getting off topic. And yeah, do not double your caloric intake every, uh, each day. That's a terrible idea. The smart way about doing it is just to slightly increase your caloric intake. Uh, and a good rule of thumb is about 10%. So if you're eating about 2,000 calories per day, uh, 10% no, no, of that. No, no, hold on. If your maintenance is 2,000 calories. Yes. Yeah. Then, Did we not clarify that? No, you said if you're eating 2,000 calories. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It. So let's say that your, your maintenance, uh, your survival calories for the day, caloric intake for the day is 2,000 calories. You just do uh, add 10% of that, which is 200 calories, and then that is your uh, caloric surplus. Yeah. So you don't not four thousand calories, ten percent make it twenty two hundred calories. Yeah, and if you're still having trouble building muscle, you can bump that up a little bit more. But um, as long as you know your maintenance calories um, accurately, and you can compute that accurately, then you really should only need about ten percent more. So if you're finding that that's not working for you, then uh, I don't know, you're probably not training correctly, or uh, perhaps you're not eating enough protein, or um, maybe well, you didn't compute your maintenance calories correctly. So yeah, some people do need to eat a little bit more because I, I know that I was extremely skinny in high school and, yeah. uh, one, I didn't really know how, what to eat and how much to eat, but I had to eat a lot of foods to gain anything. And I think, like you said, it had something to do with the protein. I probably wasn't getting enough or something, but I just was a super skinny dude and it was super hard for me to gain any yeah. weight. Even fat. I was even hoping for fat. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Well, and then you got it, and then you regretted it. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm in a much better place. Yeah. So I, I had, I've had the whole roller coaster. Now I'm just on round two. <laughs> yeah. Well, minus all the fat bulking. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and oh, one more point about the calories. We've heard that a... We've heard a lot of people say that you don't need to worry about your protein intake as long as you're consuming enough calories. Um, we kind of touched on this earlier, but in our experience, that's not really true. 
Um, you might be able to uh, gain weight, but not necessarily. Um, uh, you might have trouble building muscle. Um, and even if you are able to build muscle, you're probably not going to be doing it optimally if you're eating a really low protein diet, but still on a caloric surplus. So, um, yeah, you should, you should focus on, uh, maintaining a relatively high protein intake and also being a caloric surplus if your goal is to build muscle and strength. So, uh, with that being said, I think that's about it for the podcast. I, I hope we made all this dry information somewhat enjoyable to listen to yeah. uh, with our little rants in between. And Well, it's a very interesting topic, yeah, but it, it definitely once you start is. talking about like scientific research, it's like you hope you're not putting people to sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we and hope we did, did not do you, that to you. If it did put you asleep, then you can uh, use it this evening when you're going to bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said that when you're like drinking. You almost snorted that, out. That was <laughs> probably one of the funniest things I've heard in a while. <laughs> so, yeah, just rewind till about halfway through and and you'll listen to us talking about the scientific studies. Leif and Anders put, Bedtime put right bed. Podcast. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll make a special episode. <laughs> we just read like scientific studies for like two hours. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Put you right to bed. No more insomnia. All right. Wow. We're getting way off topic. So anyways, um, that's a wrap for the podcast. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to our email list, you should definitely do that to get all of our latest content sent directly to your inbox. Uh, we'd love to stay in touch with you so you can sign up for our email list. And as uh, a little thank you for doing that, um, you can also download a free copy of my book, How to Build Muscle and Lose Fat on a Vegan Diet. You can find that at theveganjim.com forward slash book. Uh, again, that's theveganjim.com forward slash book. And if you enjoy our content and find it to be useful, we would really, really, really appreciate you just taking two minutes of your time and leaving us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Um, it seriously just takes two minutes and it really, really helps our mission uh, to spread veganism and fitness. Um, yeah, all let's of get all the, all the good facts out there. <laughs> yeah, all of these different podcast platforms – uh, prioritize content and distribute content based on reviews and subscribers and um, and then also kind of uh, downloads. So uh, please subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave a review if you found it to be useful. If you just found this whole thing to be stupid, then don't leave a review. Uh, but if you found it to be useful, uh, we'd really appreciate it. So thank you so much for your time, attention, and support. Uh, as always, it really means the world to us and we love you guys so much. So thanks so much. Take care. Have a fantastic week. And until next time, keep challenging the status quo.